Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. How you doing? So good. Good. I heard some goods. I heard some so goods. I love it. Well, just as I mentioned, today is, is Palm Sunday and you know, what that means, if you don't have really an idea, is this is the beginning of the week of Je- Jesus entering in to the city before his crucifixion. And we celebrate this Sunday, this Palm Sunday, this triumphal entry into the city that, that Jesus coming in and, and the people worshiping and, and crying out to him. And, but the interesting thing is, is there's something great and majestic about his entry, but also that it was not exactly what people thought it was going to be. And, you know, for me, of course, I hope like you do, I always try to try to contemplate these things and, and see what, like, how do I relate these things to my life and not changing it to just be all about me, but to, to see how things happened and what was said and what Jesus did and what he said, how the people reacted and, and what they said and did and relate that to my life to see how. Maybe I'm being some way similar and need to learn and to grow and to do something, you know, to change my life, because probably do, you know. We, we probably do, by the way. That was not necessarily a joke, but it... But when he's coming into the city and... People are thinking, the king is coming. They're saying, the king is coming. But in their minds, he was going to take his throne and, and they would be freed from Rome. And there would be this amazing like spectacle happen on earth in front of their faces. So they could just, like it, it's almost like we want this transition of power because so, we've been oppressed and now... Now, I don't want to put these words in their mouth, but I feel like this is how we get sometimes. Like there's been this oppression or this condemnation or these things going on, and God, I want you to, to do something. Come in your rightful place and your kingdom and rule and reign and so that we won't be oppressed. And maybe we can oppress some other people because they've been mean to us, you know? Am I the only one that has ever thought that. I want them to get what they deserve, you know? They've been doing this stuff to us, and if you come, and you take your kingdom here, and you do all these things, and I think about that right now, and in, in how are we perceiving what is happening in our world right now, and what we want? And think about how Jesus would want it, not how we would want. How would Jesus, and Clay was 
speaking to our team this morning and saying that, that, you know, the old thing, what would Jesus do? You'd wear the bracelets and then you'd go out and cuss somebody out, you know? Yeah, that's not what Jesus would do. But what, what would he do? Because many times it's different than the way that we react, maybe in our emotions and our, our feeble minds and, and how we want things to happen. And that's just kind of what I want to look at in this moment. And in Luke 19, 37 and 38, it says, Then as he was drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So they're shouting and singing, Blessed be the name of the Lord. The King is coming. He's coming, and they've got this victorious sound in their voices, but they don't understand that it's not going to happen exactly the way that they want it to happen. But in the very next verse, in verse 39, Luke 19, 39, it says, And then some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. See, the crowd's praise made the Pharisees uncomfortable. It made them shake in their boots, if you will. Because it rang out in their ears of defeat. It rang out in their ears of, of this isn't what we thought was going to happen. Now these Pharisees, they're ones, they're, they're Jewish people, they're, they're also wanting God to move. And this is another aspect of it. And I was, you know, you would say that is the, that very religious side of it that gets so down in, in the, the weeds of something that they don't actually see God in front of them. They don't actually have the relationship. But they say, rebuke your disciples. Because these shouts of praise are sounds of victory to those that are singing them. And these shouts of praise are shouts of defeat to those that are against Christ. And this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to shut us up. He wants to say, and, I, and I'm not saying, <laughs> we should all be out here arguing and yelling at people because they're sinning. What I'm saying is that we should be praising God for who He is. When we sing, I, I just think it about worship. When we're worshiping, either here at church or in your car, and maybe you're louder in your car because you're by yourself, I don't know, or in your shower, you know, wherever it is. But do we cry out and worship Him like we should? In this moment of worship that we had this morning, 
Was there hesitation or reservation or something in you that said, hey, you don't need to be that loud or people don't want to hear you or whatever that it's causing? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want you to be nutso up here, but why can't we sing at the top of our voices? When we're worshiping God, when we're praising Him, why can't we cry out to Him? And we can, but why don't we? And I would submit to you it's because the enemy is trying to tell us that we shouldn't or don't need to. Because when He hears it, he hears defeat. Think about that. I, I want, you know, I know not everybody can, can sing, you know, perfect pitch or anything. But who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I, I want heaven to hear us singing. And worshiping. And if we will, can we imagine this moment that we're in in life? As a triumphal entry. God wants to come in and, and, and do something in our lives. He wants to come in and, and, and change the world around us. But are we rejoicing and crying out and praising Him the way that we should? Or are we being shut up? Will we raise our hands and sing out loud? Will we speak of who He is? See, all the people around didn't know exactly what was going to happen. They knew what they thought was going to happen. But Jesus knew. He knew it wasn't going to turn out how everybody thought. In Luke 19, 43, it says, For days will come upon you. I'm skipping ahead just a little bit, but this moment where Jesus is saying, Listen, you guys... Pharisees, disciples, everybody's got their own thought, their own way that they think things should go. But in reality, something's going on here. And he says, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave you, leave you one stone upon another. Why? Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. See, God, God had visited them in the moment that they were in, in Jesus Christ. He was there with them. But they didn't know the time of their visitation. And I take that statement and I say, do we know the time 
of our visitation? Do we know that He is with us? Do you know that He is with you? This is a crucial question. Because He was literally standing in front of them in that moment. And He's literally with us right now in this moment. And they couldn't perceive it. But do we understand it and perceive that He is with us? Because when we do, it changes everything. And what he's saying here is like not long from now, and this is what happened. Jerusalem was destroyed. Like it was many times before, it was destroyed because they didn't know that he was with them. And in our lives, things will all of a sudden become rubble and a mess. When we don't know who He is and that He is here with us, do we understand the time of our visitation? What I mean by that is do we understand who He is and and that He is here? Are we allowing Him, that place in us, in our lives, are we allowing Him to move and to be what He wants to be to us? That he's come to us. He's here. But he says, will you, will you allow me? Will you allow me to move? Will will you allow me to change you? Will, Will you allow me to lead you or guide you? Will you allow my voice to speak to you? And in that moment, they didn't, they couldn't perceive it. They didn't understand. So there was this rejecting of the cornerstone. Right? Our lives gain stability by being built upon the cornerstone, and Christ is that cornerstone. Being built upon who He is, knowing who He is, and that He's with us. But when we can't see that, when we reject that, our lives become rubble, a mess. What happened? So when we go to Luke 19, 41, it says this. Now as he drew near, as he was coming into town, people are shouting, singing praises. He's coming. The king's coming. And it says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. He saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. See, Jesus wept over their blindness. He wept that they couldn't see who he was. He wept that they couldn't understand what he was doing to receive him as he was in that moment. And I and I I take this and I see he's weeping over us. And I'm not saying it's because you're blind. I'm saying 
He's weeping over us when we're in understand, we don't understand and, and when we don't see what he's doing in our lives. He's weeping when we don't know him yet. As there's some here that don't. But I don't know about you. I, I this this the scripture just wrecks me to think that that the sovereign Lord, the King, Jesus, he's, he's coming into this moment and he is weeping. Not because of what's going to happen to him, but he's weeping because he wants us to understand. Because he wants us to see what he wants to do. He's weeping because he wants us to see him for who he is. Can we see him? In Luke 19:37 it says, as he was drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude and the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen. It says, for all the mighty works they had seen. They had seen. They saw who he was. They even saw miracles performed, that signs and wonders that he said. Who he was. He was the Son of God. There's so many things that he spoke to him that they heard and they knew and they saw. That's what it says. The reason that they were rejoicing, the reason that they were singing these things over him, the reason that they were throwing their clothes and the palm branches down is because of the things that they saw him do and the things that he said. And they knew. They knew who he was, but they were still blind to who he was. I don't know about you, but I can't even really wrap my mind around that. But then I also come to days in my life where I say, I know who he is. I've seen his work. I've seen the, the miracles that he's done. I've heard him speak to me. I've seen all these things, but then sometimes I come to these moments and I'm still blind to the fact that he wants to work in my life. I'm still not understanding of the miracles that he wants to do in that day. I'm still in myself sometimes and distraught or anxious. Or defeated. And then now it all makes sense. They knew, but they didn't know. Just like we sometimes can know, but we don't know. And that's why he weeps over us. Because he wants us to understand. He wants us to see his sovereignty. He wants us to see his victory. He wants us to see who he is. And what he wants to do in our lives. And he wants his people to walk in strength and power. 
that He has created us for. And so many times, again, the enemy, the enemy will just, well, that's not you. That's for somebody else. That healing isn't for you. That ministry isn't for you. That miracle isn't. You guys are real quiet, but I know, I know you're, you have thought these things. You have to, because I have. <laughs> so they cried out, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. He's a King. He's a King. Do we understand that? It's not like a king of, of this world that rules and reigns and has this power and has his subjects, but he is a king, the king. The king of, of everything, the creator of heavens and the earth. He is the one that rules and reigns. And he doesn't just have his subjects. He has his sons and daughters. He says, I'm the king, but I want actually to bring you into, this is what I'm walking into this week. That I don't just want to be a king that is a ruler that is mean and just tells you to do stuff, but I want to be a king that's a father that brings you into my family. I want to be the king that brings you into a place of inheritance. Because all I have, I want to give to you. And this is what scared the Pharisees, whether they knew it or not, exactly what was happening. They could feel that something was happening. It's what scared them. And that's why they said, rebuke your disciples for worshiping you because they knew deep down that there was something more to him than, than what they had thought. And they didn't want to believe it. But what did he say? So this is verse 40. I'm kind of a mess up here, but you got it? Okay. Verse 40. It says, but he answered and said to him, they said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to shut up. Tell them to stop worshiping you. And he says, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. It says, if these people, these my people are silent, I I don't know about you, but I, won't, I don't want the stones to have to cry out. See, he can make the rocks start screaming his name. He can do that if he wants to, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants his people to worship him and to call on his name and to sing his praises and who he is and just love him. But he tells, he says, like, you don't even understand. Like, you don't, 
silly Pharisees. You, you, you don't even understand. If I tell these people to be quiet, I mean, the earth would probably shake and start screaming his name. See, that's, that's what we need to feel and to see. Like, if, I, if I'm not going to speak of who he is, if I'm not going to cry out, if I'm not going to tell people about what God's done in my life, if I'm not going to worship him and, and sing his praises, oh man, I don't want to get into crazy stuff here, but Crazy stuff may happen in the earth. Right? God's people aren't calling on him, aren't crying out his name. Maybe the earth is going to just start shaking. Maybe it has already. Hmm. Are we going to cry out his name? See, he, he knew. And people, I, look, he had spoken so much about what was going to happen to him in, in riddles and parables. But in Luke 18, just the chapter before, in verse 31, it says, Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, he said, Listen, I want you to. This is what boggles my mind, and, but really it doesn't because I know sometimes God speaks to us. He speaks to me. And then I still, I still act like he didn't just tell me that he wanted victory in my life. I still act like he didn't just tell me he was going to move. But then it says, then he took his the twelve aside, and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. They knew what had been written about him. Then he's going to tell them anyways. Some of the stuff's going to happen. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon they will scourge him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. See, this is a little bit before this triumphal entry. That he even speaks directly to his disciples and tells them what exactly is going to happen. But there's still a lack of understanding. And I guess in this, I just want to say that in this moment, see, as we come into Easter, it's, it's nice, you get Easter baskets, you go find some eggs, you do whatever, spend some time with family. And we have so much more understanding of who He is, right? Like, we, we get to actually read all the words that have been put in print for us. We have time of all these things that have happened to, to understand who He is. But then do we come to a moment 
like Palm Sunday or like Easter or really like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. And not act like we know who He is. I want to see this world changed. And I know that that's going to happen when I understand who He is. When you understand who He is, what He's done for you, what He's called you to, the power that, that He has given you by coming into a place of relationship with Him, that He has given you all that He has. And in this moment, I just believe that's what, that's what He is wanting, and that's why He's weeping over this people, and that's why He weeps over us, because He just wants us to be who He's called us to be. He wants us to see who we are as He sees us, not as we see us, right? Because I don't, I don't probably see myself the right way. We generally don't. But to see what He has created and who He has created, to, to see ourselves as children of God, as ones created by Him, ones with, endued with power and strength and, and understanding and knowledge, His grace, his, I mean, I might can go through all of His attributes, but I probably won't. But all these things that he is, and, he, and we have those because we come to him in relationship. And again, I just reiterate. That he was moved to cry. This, this word actually even means to wail. Like he, he was so grieved at the blindness. The people didn't see what he really wanted to do. What was really happening. He was establishing a kingdom, but it wasn't on this earth. It was in heaven and in our lives. He said, my kingdom will be established in each and every one of you that you can rule and reign with me. Not that you can run around like little subjects or servants, but that you can run around that like heirs, like those that have received everything that I have and can move in that strength and that authority. That is who you are. So on this Palm Sunday, I guess my question to us is, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? And, and really, the reality of that is, we should understand who we are when we come to know who He is better. When we see Him, when we understand what He wants to do, when we see this verse here, 
in this triumphal entry whenever we're crying out. They're crying out. Do we see him? Do we see him moving? Are we listening? Are we doing what he's asking us to do? Yeah, I ask myself that same question. I'm, I'm asking myself that now. Because I want to see God move in a way that he never has before. I want to see him do things that he hasn't before. And I don't know what that will mean for the world, but that's not what we are supposed to really worry about. It's too many times we're worried too much about the world and, and not about our own heart. But when we come to the moment of reflecting on us, then maybe the world can change. When we come to the point of understanding who we are, maybe that's the moment that God is able to use us to change the world around us. We stand with me. Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.